Hi, welcome everyone to the Stupid Questions podcast, the podcast about questions that are not as stupid as we make them seem with the title of our podcast. I'm Dean. I'm Carrie. Oh, I'm Jack. This is special Spe- guest Jack. <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> featuring. Because we today are going to do COVID-19 stupid questions. And Jack is something of a science nerd. Is that okay? Is sure, nerd? yeah, I don't okay. care. So he knows a lot about this, and he's researched it further. Specifically a disease nerd. Yes. Big, big I like diseases. diseases. Well, who doesn't? We all love diseases. Mm, well. No? Okay. Maybe we don't. So <laughs> I will start us off by asking Jack a pretty basic one. How is COVID-19 truly transmitted? By two ways, respiratory droplets and smaller airborne particles. And that last one is kind of the controversial? So, well, yeah, it was in the past, but now pretty much it's accepted that that shit is airborne honey. But how, sorry, how are respiratory droplets? Yeah, that's the main yeah, way. Yeah. That's the primary way, right? But specifically, how Isn't does it? that transmit a disease from one person to another? What do you mean? Which ones? Respiratory yes. droplets? So those are larger droplets that are like mucus or water, Spit, saliva. basically? Yeah. Spit and snot? Or like sputum from deeper in the lungs, potentially, oh, too. Loogies? Yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> to use a technical term. Yes. That's good. But they're smaller droplets that can get expelled, specifically when a person coughs or sneezes. Yeah. And they fly through the air and tend to land on surfaces. They don't stay in the air. Okay, but they, we know we can get them by standing next to someone who's talking, singing, talking loud, et cetera, right? Can you also get them from that surface they land on? Respiratory droplets actually do not get expelled when someone is just simply talking. Oh. That is the smaller airborne particles. So it's coughing, sneezing. Correctly. Or singing really loud or something like that, Maybe, right? I guess. I've heard, I've heard that choirs, there was a little... There was That's some, airborne Some church choirs that got... A, a big rash of COVID-19. Correct. I think that was in Washington. So if we believe that, then we believe it is airborne. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the second way, though, right? Yeah. Little, and that's little, tiny, aerosolized droplets, yes. little baby droplets, and that's firmer science now? Because I remember first reading mm-hmm. about that, and it was still very controversial. Yeah. Now it's pretty much accepted, uh, so much so that the WHO sort of is lagging behind on its recommendations. Who? The who, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a bit there, but yeah. but is that scarier to think that they're well, aerosol yes. that they can it can spread through the air? Yes, because that is it lingers in the air and it can linger in the air for up to hours. And does that mean it could actually get through a mask like the masks that we wear potentially in the grocery store? Potentially, yes. Okay, so it's droplets, it's sneezing and coffee mostly, and also because of its airborne, yeah. Transmission. It is also from talking, okay, and singing, and just even exhaling. Is it less? I've I've read it's much more likely to get it and get it bad if you do have the big droplets on you from a sneeze or a cough or something like that, as opposed yeah. to just talking. Because they're larger particles, so they contain more virus. Yeah, and also it's a little bit more of a direct transmission route. You know what? Okay, so well, does of. more virus mean a worse case of COVID nineteen? All else equal. Well, I don't know about worse case like severity. Mm-hmm. That. I don't think viral load seems to be a huge risk factor, but it does confer a larger risk of getting just infected in general. So more of a chance you'll get sick. Yes. The more virus you are exposed to. And also the longer you're exposed to. Yeah. Time. 
is a huge factor as well, which is why that airborne transmission is a little bit scary because it can linger. Like, for instance, in, oh, I don't know, a classroom. Or bars. But the other way to get it, like if somebody coughs and sneezes on a surface and then you touch it and touch your face, mm-hmm. how much do they think that kind of transmission is responsible for COVID-19? I'm not 100% sure about that. I don't Because it doesn't I don't li- know. live that long on surfaces, no. right? You mean the whole the that way depends. Louis Gohmert got it? <laughs> I don't know how Louis Gohmert got it. He thinks it. he got it, but he doesn't. He knows he didn't get it by that. But he's yeah. he's, he's he's an anti-masker oh. Republican Texas uh, congressman, and he's he has COVID nineteen from not wearing masks. He's now blaming it on those rare times that he wore masks. How about antibodies? We've heard about antibody testing. Mm-hmm. Does this really is a stupid question? Because I feel like the classic stupid question. I should know this, or it should be obvious. But does having antibodies mean for sure you had? COVID-19, and does it also mean you're going to be immune? Uh, To answer the first question, uh, yes. If you test positive for antibodies, you were infected with whatever virus the antibodies are for. Whether whether you remember being sick or not. Correct. Whether or not you were symptomatic. Is that one of the ways they're finding folks who were asymptomatic by having an antibody test and finding out, yeah, you had it, bro? Yes, that is one of the ways we will figure out what is called seroprevalence. Yeah. I think I've read studies, I think they were like New York and Seattle and LA, where they found surprisingly large positive antibody tests, meaning with a lot, a lot of people that didn't show symptoms, meaning A, a lot more asymptomatic than they thought, and B, a lot more people had it. Like New York City, I can't remember, I, I wish I knew the number, but it's a very high number of folks had antibodies, meaning far, far more people than we counted as having it in New York City had it. Yeah. Right? In April, May, yeah. March. Does not surprise me. Yeah, because yeah, nobody was getting tested mm. uh, unless you had bad symptoms. Yeah, but as we know, tests cause coronavirus, right? I mean, if the president <laughs> says no. Did okay. he say that? He's said that oh, many times. Oh, yeah, the more yeah, tests you do. Yeah. Yeah. How about the immune part? So that is a little bit more complicated. Based on the data that we have, it seems that these antibodies that can be detected in the blood seem to decay within several months, like three, four, six months, that kind of thing, which some scientists say that is not necessarily a cause for concern. Some scientists are a little bit more alarmed by that. So you could be immune even if your antibody numbers have gone down or disappear? Yes, potentially, because antibodies aren't the only factor when it comes to immunity in our adaptive immune system, which is what provides antibodies. There are also B cells, and T cells, and B cells are the cells that A, have the memory, right? that memorize the diseases, and also they produce the antibodies. So even though we don't have antibodies in the blood now, that doesn't mean we don't have B cells that are ready to just ramp Start up antibody them. production okay. again. Oh, right. exactly. so it's like sort of latent antibody potential kind of a thing. Yeah, exactly, pretty much. And those T cells are the things that do killing. Uh, cool. So they're like dogs, and they... <laughs> I smell coronavirus, and they just... Well, they smell the antibodies that uh, attach to the coronavirus, and then they do the killing. And then they say, release the hounds, and out they go. Mm-hmm. I, it smells like a cartoon to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, it is a cartoon. Cells at work. Really? How likely are you to die from COVID? Have they figured out that mortality Ooh. rate yet? Uh, the mortality rate, yes. Because yeah. the mortality rate is just... The deaths divided by the actual t- 
total population. Oh, I thought it was divided by the cases. No, that's the case fatality oh, rate. Case fatality rate. That's what I meant. The case fatality rate is a little bit more useful when you're talking to like an individual patient because yeah. that will sort of tell them their odds of dying. Oh, okay. You have a nine. Good news. You have a ninety-nine percent chance of living. Yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. Well, Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. it does. <laughs> I'll take those odds. It, you've got a 1% chance of dying, bro. Yeah. You should just go ahead and make a will. Yes. Yeah. Very much That's so. That's not the way to frame it. No. Public health experts, on the other hand, they're more interested in the mortality rate. Of the that, whole population. Yeah, the whole oh. population, the proportion I of deaths. I guess that does make more sense, doesn't it? It's a little bit more precise. Because if you're getting, and if, you're, if you have fewer cases in the population or having more cases in the population, that's critical to understand as much as it is to understand how many people die who do get it, right? Right. And it's also, it's less susceptible to having bad testing capabilities. Oh, that's a good point. And bad contact tracing and that kind of yeah. thing. Okay, so what are they? Yeah, they for? figure out either one of those figures? Yeah, well, right now, the raw case fatality rate is about 3%. Mm. In the U.S.? Or is that uh, worldwide? worldwide? That's worldwide. worldwide. In and the U.S., isn't it about, I think it's about 2.5-ish? That's pretty say. high. <laughs> And the mortality rates, the that's a lot more complicated. It's probably a bit more useful to talk about those region by region, country by country. Uh, well, how about because the U.S.? The U.S., I believe it's about 3.9 okay. or something like that, according to John. 3.9% in the way. And mortality rate, again, is the full population. Yes. 3.9%? It's 3 point something. It's crazy high. Well, compare that to some place like the UK, it's fifteen percent. Don't they so. usually don't they usually measure that as a oh, no, per no, million no. or or something like that? Don't hmm, wouldn't sorry. you measure that as a per million kind of a thing? Or per capita. So what is the mortality rate, the depths per what, one thousand population for say the US? For the US it is forty seven point two one per one hundred thousand. The Johns Hopkins Mortality Analysis Resource Center, they highlight the top 20 most affected countries, which we are, I think, number three. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Behind the, who? I believe the UK has the wait, we highest. Have the, wait, we have one of the highest case, more, more, I'm sorry, mortality rates? The highest mortality rate is the UK yeah. at 69. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yes. I, well, that's yeah. mainly because of population density. Oh. And stuff like that. I'm, look, I'm looking at a different source, but World of Meters has other countries like Peru. And, yeah, Peru is number two on this uh, source. Chile and Spain are all, uh, and Italy are higher than us, too. Yeah. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah. On, this, on this version. They're close to, like, the U.S. would be 47.8 instead of 47.1, so yeah. they're very, very similar. We're close. Hey, we're but, all dying. How about in terms of the case fatality rate? You know how flu is like really, it's tiny. It's 0.1%, right? Like one-tenth of 1%. Yeah. I've read that COVID, their best guess is something like 0.5 to 1.0%. Yeah. Is that, is that sound right? Yeah, that's like an educated guess. But we, there's no way of knowing until we've got a uh, yeah. significant amount of data, maybe even years, right? Yeah, it'll take years until after the pandemic is pretty much over and we can test seroprevalence again in a, with a high sample size. Carrie yeah. and I just uh, nodded like we knew what that word meant. That was good. What I told you guys before. Yeah, I know what that means. Oh, well, okay, then I <laughs> nodded like I knew what that word meant. It's the uh, amount of people in the population with who test positive no, for it, it antibodies. Yeah, it was the sera yeah. you said. Oh, Zero, right. like oh. serum blood. Oh, see, I just misunderstood it. That's okay. <laughs> I didn't know what it meant. Okay, let's talk about one of the favorite topics that was in the news a little while ago 
Does sunlight or disinfectant <laughs> kill COVID? And I have a follow-up. Okay, uh, short Your answer. Honor. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> sunlight, like sunlight on surfaces, right? Can that? On, or on the ground, whatever. Wherever you sneeze outdoors, is that out, COVID going to get killed? Yes. I'm glad that you said outdoors. Yes. Because, yes. Because it's literally the sunlight, right? Uh-huh. As far as we know, uh, based on the data we have, the studies that have been conducted on non-porous contaminated surfaces in like mm. direct sunlight, a few hours, yeah. Like counters or something like that? Or, or steel, like okay. stuff like steel. Like playground equipment, but not desks. But So the but indoor part is, oh really? So it might stay and live longer on clothing? Potentially, yes. Yeah, because it's porous. And the indoor, so it's, so it's not the heat. So indoors, or is it? Heat can, but not in, it's really, it's high heat. So we got to keep the classrooms super hot when kids go back <laughs> to school here soon? A 160 degrees? Yeah, okay, maybe not. That might be a bad idea. Well, because one thing I read, you know, early on, everybody said you have to uh, sanitize your groceries before you bring them in the house or yeah. right after you bring them in the house or whatever. Yeah. And then I read everything sitting in your trunk. B- driving yeah. between the grocery store and home is probably gets hot enough in I, there to. I, I bring the same thing too. Is that basically? Oh, you're saying no. Is it? Aren't they? They're not super worried about transmission via surfaces now. Or not nearly like they were. Th- yeah. Three four months ago. Correct. I most of the like the experts that I've heard talk about it, they aren't sanitizing their grocery bags. Yeah. Quarantining them, that kind of thing. They're kind but, of, but it's not like they're also not saying that the heat driving from the grocery store home is killing it because as the studies that I've seen, it's hard to recommend actual like hard numbers, but this is like a conservative recommendation based off the small limited data that we do have. They're saying three minutes at temperatures above 160 degrees Fahrenheit or 75 degrees Celsius. That'll That's hot, do. Though. How about regular? How long would it take for regular sunlight in an eighty degree day? I heard a few minutes. I heard not long. Oh, sunlight. The, yeah. uh, that's the UV. Oh, okay, got it. That's not the oh, heat. Oh, I see. So, oh, okay. so out. So, is it fair to say, generally speaking, transmission outdoors is is not super super likely? Eh, that it depends. Unless you're close together and yes, not I, that's, yeah. I hesitate to say it's not super okay. likely, depending on the density of if you're people social around distancing you. outdoors. Yeah, if you're social distancing and <laughs> not to you know jump the gun again, but if you're wearing masks yeah. and if you're just practicing precautions like that, yeah, it will mitigate it, but it will not eliminate the chance okay, of baseball it. No. is going through a horrific uh, you know COVID question. Some people, in fact, by the time this airs, baseball may have been canceled. Oopsie. But, it looks like so far they're not giving it to each other on the field of play. That yeah, they're, they're getting it elsewhere. Whatever they're doing, that would make sense yeah. to me because baseball is is a is a fairly distanced yeah. sport. It it's is. not like rugby. But even when they're you know near each other too, like the catcher and the hitter, or the first yeah. per- baseman and the person on first base, or something like that, it, it appears, as far as I know, no one has gotten it from on-field contact yet. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's good. You've kind of hinted once or twice here. But do masks really work? Yes. Wear one. <laughs> and who Everybody. was it? Who was it, Gary, who's been saying that since pretty much the first day of COVID when everybody said masks don't work? Who was saying that masks have to work? And they really who was that, Gary? Do you I remember? Um... Yeah, you do. I'm not gonna remember. <laughs> Nobody's gonna play into your ego trip. <laughs> it was me. Yes, it was. Anyway, 
not everybody was saying that masks don't work. Uh, a CDC lot of people said were so. Saying, even Fauci said so. Remember, remember that infamous tweet from the head of the of the Surgeon General. Oh, that whose was, name I can't remember. Who said don't yeah. wear masks? They don't work. By the way, also we need them for our first yes. responders. Okay, <laughs> dude. See, that is where I agree with you. I think the messaging was very flawed. Yes. Who who said the same thing? They, they were also <laughs> saying that masks don't work. I don't remember Dr. Fauci ever saying that masks yes, don't work. He did. He said, don't, yeah, he said, don't work. And well, don't work. okay. I think he was saying we don't recommend that. He was them, saying that, but he was, but, they yeah. were, see, one, one thing that's been gone wrong with the communication from the, yes. the public health experts Retweet. is that they are trying to sort of be a little bit paternalistic in that they were yeah. saying, oh, don't yeah. wear masks. Really, they knew masks work from day one. It's just that we wanted to keep them because we had a huge mask shortage. Yes. If the message was, and so that's gotten out there as, wait, I thought you said masks don't work. If the message had been, yes, masks work, we want you to wear a mask, but for the love of God, don't go out there and hoard masks because yeah. we need them for the first responders. Their messaging should have just kind of been the facts, which is that masks don't do much to protect you from getting it. I've heard that's not as true. I heard much. Well, it's as not much. as reliable. As yes. yes. It's not like a cure. It's not like a shield. Yes. It won't completely stop every right. single virus no, particle but it'll from stop getting it into you. It will mitigate better it. better than no mask. Yes. But right. the biggest yeah. advantage of masks is stopping transmission yes. from you to other people, right. and that's really that's what yeah. should a bit of it. It should have just been, and then with that, people can make their decision. Yeah, but that's relying on people being altruistic. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yes. which doesn't work in the United Not, States, unfortunately. But neither does misleading them. Yeah, that's Correct. true. That's even much, much, yes. much worse. And isn't it true that which is if, what they if did? Both parties in an interaction are wearing masks. Isn't it just infinitesimally small that you're going to get COVID? Oh yeah. Well, I don't You're think it's infinitesimally small. I don't think yeah, that's a little bit of an exaggeration. Infinitesimally, but okay, how about less than 1% chance? Mm, I, I, I don't know. Like I can three both wear masks? I can both people wear masks? Yeah. I've seen the graphics, and <laughs> I don't know who they come from. Me too. But See, it's but like 3% or something But that's, like that. that's if both people are coughing at each other. I, I, a lot of the, the media coverage of, the, of COVID has been... Portraying well, extreme situations as if they're likely or common, you know, like I think up to sixteen feet. Yeah, if somebody hurls something <laughs> at, at an unbelievable, yeah, record level cough, yeah, and, and they and they play <laughs> that. The media has played that to their discredit, as if that's a common thing. We all need to watch out for that. Yeah. You don't. So I, I'm yeah. suspicious of the three percent mask transmission. I think it's probably vastly lower than that in any remotely normal situation. Of, okay. Say two people talking to one another. I'm happy with three percent chances. I'm that's happy with pretty point low. Three. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm just happy if people wear masks. Yes, yes. So, and stay far away from me and wash their hands. <laughs> so okay, wash your hands is important because you mentioned very disinfectants not being yeah, but disinfectants in terms of washing your hands. That's soap, critical. baby. Not soap uh, is very reliable. Not what you call it. Alcohol, well, the Hand EPA sanitizer. has come out with a list yeah. of disinfectants that have been known to work, and they don't list soap on there because it's not technically like a chemical oh, disinfectant like that. But like alcohol, ethanol, where's my list? So, so washing, because you mentioned clothes, because clothes are porous, so clothes can retain a living organism longer. This Correct. Just normal washing clothes kill it? Well, that's a little bit of a... Question, question, because oh. normal home washer machines don't get hot enough. Oh. But does the dryer? No. The dryer gets pretty damn hot. Oh. I don't think so. Really? Damn it. 
You're scaring us. Does now. it get to whatever this was? 160 degrees. Well, that was for three minutes. Oh, well, this they're in the yeah. longer than three minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Does it get to 160? Does it get to oh. 140 or 149? Now you're asking dry related questions. That's. I would bet yes. Really? Yeah. Well, if so, then yes, that would probably kill it. But stuff like bleach, you know, alcohol, Lysol. Those will also yeah. kill it okay. with sufficient contact time. That's another ca- uh, caveat. Yeah, you've got to spray it and leave it for a little mm-hmm. while, and yeah. Yeah, that's why at what restaurants that are open right now with outdoor, they they spray the disinfectant, but they ask you to not sit there right away. Yeah, you gotta yeah. wait. Yeah, we've all sat there right away though. Yes, a lot of yeah. <laughs> no, well, a lot of people just don't know that. Yeah, and that hampers the disinfectant. Yeah, uh, okay. capabilities. Soap <laughs> is the best though for everybody. Speaking of masks. We've all seen the video mm. of a-holes at Trader Joe's throwing a hissy fit because they're asked to wear a mask, and they don't wear a mask because they have a doctor's note. Are there any legitimate medical reasons you can't wear a mask? No, not really. Uh, short answer, no. Yeah. Long answer is it might be harder for you to wear a mask if you have asthma or COPD, but the doctors say if you're going to be in public, even if you have a severe respiratory disease like that, wear your mask. Or you can wear a face shield too, right? That too. That would not hamper your breathing and would block the, it, it would send downward, right? The trajectory, so to make it less of a virus if you sneeze or cough or yes. even speaking. So you'd be surprised at how many people I've seen wearing their face shield upside down. Really? Yes, <laughs> that's not uh, smart. I'm like, oh Lord, have mercy. Not good. Sideways. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. He's trying to duck. <laughs> well, and here's what I say: if you have such breathing problems that it's so hard for you to wear a mask, you shouldn't be going out in public. Period. One hundred percent. That's what the doctors say too. Yeah. Because yeah, you're at the highest risk. In yeah. Side, you crazy old lady. Yeah. I love Trader Joe's. Don't go to Trader Joe's. Mm-mm. No. We like Trader Joe's. Don't go there. <laughs> Damn you. Ever. Ever again, even after COVID. Okay. We don't want you. So so this, the short answer is no. There just isn't a reason these people can't wear a mask. They're yeah. just whiny little babies. It's annoying and it's uncomfortable, but yeah. please. Sorry. Wear your bleep mask. If you can't wear it, stay home. You don't have to stay home, but you can't come in here to where anyone else is around. What does it mean to be asymptomatic? Oh, baby, that means you ain't got no symptoms. And that's, that's pretty much it, right? You yeah. Know, I mean, literally no symptoms. If someone has just a little sniffle, a little sore throat, would they still consider them asymptomatic? No, I don't believe so. Well, well they would I have think... extremely mild symptoms. Yeah, yeah okay. that would just be mild. So asymptomatic symptoms. is literally you had no idea that you had mm-hmm. COVID 19. That if you did not get tested, you would have absolutely no idea you were ever sick. And what is roughly proportion of cases oh. that have it or that I, are asymptomatic? I don't know. I've read something like 40 ish. <laughs> I don't think they have no way of knowing. It's a moving target. Yeah, yeah I, it's I, one of those hard numbers it, it, to pin down. So many are not tested. So. I know. But given those antibody tests that I mentioned a little while uh-huh. ago, the last thing I read was a couple weeks ago, but it was, a, it was I, I can't remember the source. It was a good article. It was a, a, a quality source. And it was a, a scientist who said this that it was something like, 35, 40, 45%, best guess, 40% of all cases are asymptomatic, and that's shockingly high. I could see that, Very yes. It's, that's why they're believed to be a huge driver of the pandemic yeah. in general. Because they don't know, so they're not changing their behavior. Yeah. But, but this is why everyone should be wearing a mask, because you don't know if you don't have COVID. Exactly. 
How common are asymptomatic cases of other viruses? Yeah. Well, it depends if on the know. virus. Blue, cold. But, but is, it, is it a common thing with other viruses? Oh, yeah. yeah. Really? It's definitely not unprecedented. It's pretty par for the course for a lot of viruses. Let's just really? start peppering with specific viruses. Dengue fever, go! <laughs> Are asymptomatic, asymptomatic cases go. Of dengue, dengue fever? fever? Go. Well, that's the thing. A lot of viruses... I didn't think he's going to answer it. Well, a lot of viruses and just pathogens in general, they can be latent. They can be just at a really low level in your blood where they're not necessarily causing enough damage to your tissues and systems to like show symptoms, but they're there. And whether or not they can be infectious at this asymptomatic state is completely dependent on the disease. Yeah. And also, okay, so something like a cold, if you're asymptomatic, you're not coughing and sneezing. So you're yes. probably not spreading mm. it very much. Shouldn't the same thing hold uh, for coronavirus? Depend, no. Because the breathing thing. Yeah, airborne. And, well, same with colds, too. Yeah. Okay. Ebola? Can it be asymptomatic Ebola? No, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Sorry, too soon. Okay, no, no more shock questions for Jack in terms of what obscure <laughs> viruses are asymptomatic. Marburg, go. No, you don't know. You'd be dead. Uh, oh yeah. God, you die fast. You yes. all are those? Are they literally one hundred percent symptomatic? And like Marburg, Ebola, those really, really horrific. What's viruses? Marburg? It's like Ebola, kind of. Oh. It's related, but worse, I think. Right? Yeah, it's got is a, it a hemorrhagic. It is a hemorrhagic fever. Yes, <laughs> I know things. Carrie is so <laughs> she's a smug look in her face right now because she knew hemorrhagic. She pulled that out of her ass. Okay, okay, uh, Ms. Smarty Pants. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's give you a question. You ready? Yes. Does your blood type affect oh. your risk of getting the coronavirus? Why did you just she, look surprised? She just gave a groan like she had no idea that question was coming. <laughs> she just said, oh my goodness. Oh, she got shocked <laughs> I mean, after the question. Quick research. Um, Wait, repeat the question? Oh, are you, you're joking, right? No. Does your blood type affect <laughs> the chances of you getting the virus? They think so. Isn't that interesting? Were you stalling for time right there? No. Okay. I didn't know exactly how you phrased the question. Okay. But yeah, your blood type may play a role in determining whether or not you contract COVID-19 and how severe the illness oh. is. Oh. See, yeah. that makes sense Severity, to me. Huh? You know, I'm sure more oh, data will come out later. But they did test a bunch of patients in, I think, Italy and Spain and then China did their own test, too. But blood group O, so that's you, Dean, is associated with a lower risk. I heard of, O negative is even lower, right? Is rather, um, Even more so than O positive? I don't know. No? Okay, I I'm didn't read so. anything about the negative positive <laughs> As factor. a purely selfish, not wanting to get yes. COVID, I, I hope it's O negative. And blood group A was associated with a higher risk. Sorry, Carrie. I'm outliving you on this one. Me yeah. too. Shit. Yep. Sorry. I Sorry. Believe all you don't of get my blood. Have a we will. Yeah. Well, it's well, not my fault. Yeah, it kind of uh, is. is. Nah. Is, does that mean A is a dominant blood type? Correct. Okay. Over O. B. Both are. Same a and B. With, same with your brown eyes. Not my fault. <laughs> it's hers. Sorry. So based on the you know, this early data out of Italy and Spain, even though it's a pretty small yeah. study, it was like 1,600 That's patients. not bad. That's actually a good size study, yeah. It's better than a lot of the studies I have cited I, there's here. There's been 18 in yeah, some of these studies. Yeah, 36. Yeah, no, I know. But they, and so they were able, these were severely ill patients compared to healthy people. Any mm -hmm. sense so. of 
preventing you from getting it as opposed to dying, right? Can it stop you from getting? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know that it stops you from getting it, no, but, but it makes it less likely. Okay. Yeah. But is, is it like literally, it. you know, 3% difference or something minimal? I don't think they're prepared to give you odds on that. Not odds, but I think I, I could have sworn I read something like it's some, I, I don't know the numbers, but it was some, just a very modest difference. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's not likely huge. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they're saying if you have O blood, don't, don't worry. worry about it. Yeah, yeah. you're bulletproof. With that. That's what yeah. I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna go cough on me. Oh my god, I'm not really gonna do that. And they're they're not ready to say, you know, to really say there's a definite link. But it is a fact. To, uh, but yeah. it does do something. Yeah. That's interesting to yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which just and makes the, sense to me. Yeah. So why? How does your blood type affect it? You may yes, ask. Tell me. Okay. Well, <laughs> I was anticipating that follow-up okay. question. Basically, they're not sure exactly, <laughs> but variations in the biologic mechanisms in mm. blood groups may play a role in the immune response. And I know, Jack, you have talked about this before, and you know a lot more about it than I do. But it has to do with the receptors where the virus binds um, in the blood, and right. Yeah, what it is. correct. And, uh, you know, it has to do with antibody profiles in your blood types. Some good so, words no, there, yeah. Carrie. I'm surprised you didn't work the word hemorrhagic into that song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. So, and because, well, this a theory is that because the immune systems of people with O-type blood, like you, Dean, yeah, thank you. you oh. already have antibodies for both A and B. Damn right we do. And your body is therefore... A uh, more equipped to identify foreign proteins, including those on the surface of viruses. Sorry, man. It's just so there you go. So th- that makes me think it's not just COVID nineteen; it's all viruses. Or yeah, it so? does. Oh, okay. Well, kind of like super people. It's kind of like a superpower. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> It depends. <laughs> Tell that to cholera. You guys are a lot more <laughs> susceptible to severe okay, cholera well, infections. Uh, let's leave cholera out of this. All right. Well, and for the severity or for some of the, the symptoms associated with COVID-19, uh, things like blood clots, strokes, yeah. and thromboembolisms, sure. booby, boo. those vary in severity based on blood type. That makes a lot of sense. How about hemorrhagic clotting? Oh, my God. Probably. <laughs> Thromboembolisms. And so those are things that are observed Ooh, in... You can sometimes see those in your fingernails. Mm. I don't yeah, want to the, do that. Yeah. Blood. Little black yeah. streaks. Really? Now I'm, I'm gonna be looking at my fingernails all the time. It's Great. just Thanks. I actually have because I hit my fingernail at work a little bit ago, so I have like a little like black spot yeah. in my fingernail from like a little piece of blood. And I was like, I saw that one day, and maybe, I got real scared. Maybe it's finger <laughs> cancer. No, yeah, I'm like, I have a blood, I have an arterial clot, and I'm gonna die. <sighs> I'm kidding. Yes. Well, back to Jack. Oh, okay. Why? Um, does it take so long to make a damn vaccine? And I know that's a loaded question, but... Well, yeah. And I have to um, follow up on that one, too. Okay, that's good. It, so it's because it's just a complex process, and it has to be very, very safe for it to be rolled out in as many people as vaccines need to be given to for them to be effective. So they have six stages, yeah. according Oof. to the CDC. I'll just give six a Six stages list. of making a vaccine, of mm-hmm. developing... Okay. Uh, the exploratory stage. Yeah. Got to like, figure it you know, out first. Research. Yeah. Uh, the preclinical stage, which is like a little bit more focused research. <laughs> and then the clinical development stage, which has 
three phases within, which is actually the beginning of testing, Mm -hmm. like testing it. Phase one, you know, small number. Phase two, scale that shit up. Phase three, thousands of people. That kind of thing. Which I believe, like Oxford, I think, is doing that right now in England. Uh, Phase three? Yeah. Uh, A lot of people. Uh, Somebody is. Wow. I don't know who's somebody. I'm pretty sure it's the Oxford one, which is one of the most promising. They've greatly expedited the process for this threat because it's so pressing. Yeah. But then there's, after the clinical development stage ends, there's regulatory review and approval, which that can be tricky and sticky. Yeah, but that's going to go real (laughs) lightning speed, I would guess. Hopefully. Hopefully. And then there's manufacturing, which can also be tricky. Yeah. And then quality control, which is very important. Yeah. So uh, to make sure efficacy that it works, but also make sure the safety part has already been done, right? By that point? Okay. It just to make final checks on safety and okay. make final yeah checks on efficacy and that kind of thing. I think Carrie's saying this. Somebody I think it's an Indian company that's yes. that's manufacturing like six di- different potential vaccines already. Wow. As they test yeah. on the assumption that one of them is going to hit, and we're going to make billions that, on that one as opposed to, to potentially losing millions on the other one. I can. That's good. I think a lot more biopharmaceutical companies need to kind of get on that. Yeah. A lot of biopharmaceutical companies have been really reticent to pour money that they have. A lot of biopharmaceutical companies have been so reticent to pour the funds that they have into making potential cures and treatments and vaccines and preventatives. Yeah. And they need to get on that. So I say kudos to this Indian. Yeah. Yeah. They were already. They were buying all the. I don't know what the word is. Hardware like the vials yeah. and the all that kind of stuff yeah. that they needed ahead of time. Do it early. And yeah, spending. I, I, do you remember how much money I told you? Be like, ready. Millions. Like ten million dollars or something. Yeah. That's nothing to them. That, I'm sure they have. Yeah. 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 So really, in, in truth, then this is going to be lightning fast. Fauci the other day was saying that he thinks there's a pretty good chance that we'll have a working vaccine by February ish of 2021. That would be less that. than a year of when this process started. That would be insanely fast, right? Unprecedented, yeah. yeah. So that's, yeah. that's amazing. And my understanding is there are tons and tons and tons, I mean, many dozens of potential vaccines out there going through some stage of those trials right now, including some that yeah. are in the full-on, you know, they, they hope to have the final results from that stage three of testing, the big mass testing by like, yeah. I, I read something like November, I think this is Oxford, like November-ish, wow. and then it's those last stages they'll get through and they have wow. actually available and produced by February, March of 2021. Yeah, that's, which I'm is very amazing. Insanely fast, but at the same time, it, we could still lose a heck of a lot more people since then, especially yeah. if it, yeah. if it, well, okay, especially if, now, how about mutations? I've heard also that this, the, the COVID going around right now is not the same COVID that was in March or February. Well, yeah. It's That's already just mutated. To be expected. So, okay, so if we're doing all this testing on the COVID samples from months ago, will the vaccine still work for a mutated strain of COVID that might be in our bodies right now or even worse in our bodies in February of next year? Uh, that's very difficult to answer right now, honestly. Yeah, that's just simply very difficult to answer right now. It's just hard to predict how much and how quickly a virus will mutate yeah. and how exactly that will affect the efficacy of vaccines. Because there are some viruses like measles who don't mutate very much at all. And yeah. the same vaccine that we made back in the freaking 60s or whatever is completely perfect and available and 
effective now, it, but there are like the flu vaccine where right. we need a new this one every year because every year, yeah. it's the mutation. That's, that's kind of scary. It's so right? variable. So, it's I mean, very, it's worrying. We could be making yes. a vaccine that could have a, a, uh, a COVID-19 mutated enough in February that it doesn't work at all. Well, but couldn't they do it like they do the flu vaccine where they make a vaccine that's good for five different strains of the flu? Yeah, but that, what if it's just if it's freshly mutated? They're gonna have to start the process virtually all over again, right? Or well, would, no, I don't or know. Would about they have virtually. a lot of the legwork already done? Sort of the. It depends on how much that virus has mutated yeah, okay. and how severe it is. Whether it's antigenic drift or antigenic shift. Don't, don't patronize know. us. We know. I know. We don't, we don't have to go <laughs> into that. Obviously, we know. Carrie and I are perfectly familiar with that. So. Well, because like the. What I've heard is the Chinese virus is different than the European oh, virus. Goodness. So, and you're on so, your own, Carrie, so with that perhaps racist diatribe. I know, I got scared by that phrasing. Well, so, no, okay. I know what you mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> the strain so, of the virus that was circulating during yeah, the Chinese outbreak is potentially yes. different right. than the one circulating in, in Europe. Europe. Maybe different than the ones circulating in North America and South America right so now. So, are they know. doing vaccines for both? I mean, obviously they are. Well, I they're doing. What do you mean? See, I don't know exactly. I believe a lot of the isolates that people are working with are from early on. Yeah. In the entire pandemic, and probably in yeah. like Spain and Italy, those. Right, or the, even from China. Yeah, really. Early even the, even the U.S. China and European the, bio yes. pharmacies would be working with it. Okay. Yeah, potentially because early on in the pandemic, the virologists in China they isolated it, and as soon as right. they did, they sent it out. Okay. So people can start this research early, but I'm sure they are updating their isolates. Yeah. Okay. For their own okay. geographical locations, if like I'm sure the Oxford people have isolates specific to Europe. I'm sure a lot of the yeah. American companies have isolates specific to here, or if they can, yeah. if they're available. Yeah, what's, I'm what's, sure they would want to. What's Canada going to do? Well, North <laughs> <laughs> have lower transmission rates in general than That's us. True. <laughs> That's true. Huh. Interesting. Okay, so Dean, what do you know about coronavirus conspiracies? Conspiracies. Yeah. You mean like? Uh, like what you just implied that China caused the, the, the virus? <laughs> I did not. Oh no! That. Are they real? Are are they real? Again, very very short answer is no. None of them. Not even a little bit. We'll rattle off a few of them. Bill Gates <laughs> is not going to implant chips in your head under the guise of vaccinating you for COVID nineteen, friends. Mm. Nope. Even though, according to a recent poll, 44% of Republicans think that might be true. Jesus. Oh, my gosh. 50% of Fox News viewers think that might 44%. be true. 44%. Yes. Oh, my God. That's, That's one where they think it's going to be an inhalable vaccine. Yeah. And you're going to snort it up your nose. And then he'll put a chip in there with yeah. you. And then they'll, they'll track you or whatever they want to do to you. Bad things, I'm sure. And by the way, Bill Gates also does not hold a patent on the COVID-19 coronavirus. Yeah. Not, not, not true. What? That, that's yeah. another conspiracy. Theory. Oh, Lord. The 5G cell phone network <laughs> is not <laughs> going to somehow spread the virus because a virus uh, is what? It's a living thing, not spread by electronic signals. It debatable. turns out, oh, my God, you're one of them. <laughs> well, yeah, because scientists. Yes, but a virus can't be spread by cell phone Correct. signals. No, I'm virus. saying that it's okay. debatable that a virus is a living thing. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. Never mind. The GMOs, ha. a oh. favorite target of the left, actually, right? Yeah, unfortunately. Some folks are saying that that's going to spread the coronavirus, and but of course viruses come from animals, not from plants, where the vast majority of GMOs are used. So hmm. also, yeah. don't worry about that, vegans. 
some vaccines are also said to be a spreader of coronavirus, and that's more. That's almost like right. That's like the vegan granola moms and those right wing oh. anti government types both believe that are anti vax. Are they saying the safety that they don't trust us to make the vaccines safe enough? That and also they might make like the Bill Gates kind of a variation on that, that uh, vaccines might be somehow used to spread coronavirus. Biological warfare. Something like that, yeah. So that so because of that kind of nonsense out there on the interwebs, 55% of Americans may not accept a coronavirus vaccine when <sighs> it is available. Mo, in fairness, most of those said, maybe not. But something like 20 or 21% said, no, I'm not going to do it. So. Yeah. And it's probably more now. That poll was maybe a month or so ago. It's, if anything, I'm sure it's more now. That's yeah. terrifying because there goes your herd immunity. If yep. enough yep. Americans or in any country say we're not going to do it because we don't trust you guys in government, yeah. you talk kill us. So aye, aye, aye. also, it's not secretly been cooked up in a Chinese lab like Carrie thinks and would sprung <laughs> on us. It hit China first. Remember, dum dums. And it has hardly helped their international standing well, at all in the world. They say that it was an accident that the Chinese virologists messed up and accidentally released it on themselves first. Many say that it was an intentional act of warfare, essentially. Wow. I don't know. From to, whom? To, to, from China to, you know, make uh, the on U.S. Themselves. ripe for invasion, I guess. Sure. I don't know. This, again, there's not yeah. a ton of logic behind these things. It, yeah. That argument is just pure scapegoating. So if some, yes. I don't know, random American politician with great hair was <laughs> is saying that, they're just trying to draw attention away from their own responsibilities. And, just, and racism. Just saying. The U.S. did not invent COVID either, which some folks <laughs> have alleged. Uh, China has, has yeah. very unsubtly oh, wow. alleged that <laughs> in some fake social media. Which is really, really funny to yeah. me. It turns For the out, same reasons. It turns out bats, bats made COVID-19, and then people well, ate them. They didn't make it. And the people who ate them spread it, and the people who ate those bats ate the bats, not to spread disease, but because bats are scrumptious. I call them chicken of the trees. Trademark me right now. <laughs> I have issues oh with God. that statement, but we won't go I'm into it. I'm just kidding. But, but right, they did come from, probably came from bat-human f- interaction, right? They are the reservoir, yes. Yeah. But I don't, they're not so sure that eating was the main driver of it. Oh, really? I thought they were. Yes, oh, no. So uh, bats can cough, too. Oh, okay. So a bat, well, they do eat bats in China. Sometimes. So either they ate the bat and got it, or they got coughed on by the bat and got it. I'm going to go with yeah. the ate part, because, again, they're no, delicious. not necessarily. Scrumptious. Have you had bat breast? Mm. Mm. Try it with some duck confit, or what is it? Confit. Confit. Oh, I've been watching Triple D, but I've seen <laughs> enough duck confit from that, okay, guy. COVID-19 is also not a weapon of mass destruction. It's not from big pharma. It's not from the deep space, steep state. Again, we know. <laughs> or deep space. Or deep space. Well, you know what? That's probably a, a conspiracy yeah. theory as well. It, yeah, it's aliens. Sure. Uh, right? Like every other plague or pandemic, it's just a terrible accident. It wasn't manufactured yeah. in any sense like that by anyone. Well, it's uh, just another zoonotic disease, like SARS before yeah. it, like MERS before it. And some also uh, conspiracy theories that it's it's fake. That literally, <laughs> COVID nineteen is uh, fake. So we have at least worst. in the United States alone, we'd have to have about one hundred fifty thousand crisis actors pretending to be dead now, and all of mm-hmm. their loved ones and family, or maybe they're duping. You know, you have, okay, here's the job. Here's a job. Want to be actor of all you know ages and stripes? Hey, you've got to pretend to be dead for yeah. indefinitely, and don't tell anyone. <laughs> Trust us. I know. Idea. 50 bucks. Soros will pay for it. <laughs> Soros. There are many other 
conspiracy, sadly, but I want to turn this over to Carrie and ask her about one in particular. It's hydroxychloroquine. Can that be used to cure or prevent coronavirus? No. Whoa, okay then. (laughs) Not even at all? (laughs) Well, hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine. Is it queen or kin? It's queen. Queen. Um, He's saying it like it's Spanish. Those are FDA-approved medicines to treat and prevent malaria, Mm -hmm. and they're also used for autoimmune diseases like lupus and rheumatoid arthritis and stuff like that. So, And because of that, they think it has some effect on the immune system because it works with those autoimmune diseases, and they're not entirely sure why. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, autoimmune diseases are very mystifying. Yeah. So... Because of that, the FDA approved them using an emergency use agreement, right? Compassionate use. Yeah. Um, E-N-I-D or whatever. Okay. Well, anyway, because there was a little bit of evidence that it might provide some sort of benefit. And so they were only to be used in ho- with hospitalized patients with very um, stringent heart monitoring and it didn't go so well. So in mid-June, they revoked that authorization, and because you know they were paying attention, basically doing these <laughs> trials of patients in hospitals that were receiving the medication, and there was no benefit and, uh, of it decreasing the likelihood of death or even speeding up the recovery, which is what initially, with very limited studies, they thought. And, I mean, very, like... 20 patients, yeah, 30 the patients. The first one from that guy in France turned out to be just complete nonsense. Yes. And so the World Health Organization and the National Institutes of Health also were doing studies on hydroxychloroquine, and they stopped theirs after the FDA did um, because of safety issues with heart rhythm problems, kidney Ugh. injuries, and liver problems. Which those three things are, guess what? Risk factors for severe COVID-19 infection. Really? <laughs> so, ironically, yeah. this medication could potentially make them make have a worse, worse infection. Well, in fact... Or an just anal- give them new disease. Yeah, and there was a nationwide study released in April that looked at 368 patients and how they responded to hydroxychloroquine. With or without, and we haven't discussed this, but with or without zinc... And erythromycin? Azithromycin, right? Well, it's... Oh, yeah, azithromycin. But wait, I thought Mark Zuckerberg has all the world's zinc right now because he needs it for his face when he's in the water. Ah! Sorry. (laughs) Stop it. Well, anyway... (laughs) That's funny. This analysis of the use of the drugs in United States veterans hospitals revealed that there were more deaths among those who were given... Yikes. ...hydroxychloroquine versus just regular But no care. relation whatsoever to curing or preventing COVID-19. Didn't? Yeah, nope. nope. There's yeah, no I'm indication. Recapping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. startled. And so the the whole, the recent controversy over the whole white coat, whatever, brigade, oh, I forget what they're yeah, called, yeah. the frontline white front coats, line white crazy coat. doctors, who I believe this is Carrie's conspiracy theory, okay. that they were recruited <laughs> by... The White House oh, really? or somebody, Republicans, somehow yeah. to get out there as doctors saying that, yeah, for so some reason, hydroxychloroquine works. Yeah. Conflict and of interest, somehow. Yeah. yeah. And well, their claims are just wrong. Yeah. 
there is actually recently been, why are Trump and a lot of folks on the right so obsessed with, obsessed with hydroxychloroquine? And the, the, I just, I'd read this, I think, oh gosh, I think it was Vox or something like that. Political. Uh, was it political? Yeah. But it was basically saying that, because it, it gives President Trump an out yep. to yeah. say, look, no, we had a cure, but they wouldn't let us use it, yes. so it's their fault, not my fault, that 160, or by then, by the time the election rolls around, 200,000 people right. are dead. Even though it doesn't work, and we've yeah. known that for a yeah. while now. So seven crazy doctors aren't going to change the consensus of the rest of the world's health organizations. No, but they can change people's mind when they go into the to vote in November. Mm, yeah. and that's all they. That's the the concern here. They, but which means if that's true, and it sure seems like it is, the the reason the motivation for talk, talking talking hydroxychloroquine yeah. clearly is not scientific. It's yes. political. Yes. So which means they're willing to let people possibly expose themselves or, or be more likely to get COVID because they feel like, oh, I don't care, I'm not gonna wear a mask because I can just get hydroxy, yep. Yep. So, and which will directly lead to more cases and more yeah. deaths. And that's what that one doctor said. You, you know, you don't need to wear a mask. Yeah. There's a cure. Yep. Which, oh is, which I mean, is that's ridiculous. That's insane. Is there, which, that there should is a be cure. criminal. Yeah. I know there's a First Amendment, the I get it, but you're literally inducing people to die. No, that's like yelling fire in a, yeah. in a theater. You, that's not protected yeah. speech. Yeah. A- and she's a doctor. Somebody, yes. I mean, that's but counter she is, to she, her oath. She is right about uh, demon sperm and about alien <laughs> oh, DNA. So she's two out of three. True. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for that, Carrie, clearing that up. And thank you, Jeff, for clearing up almost every other question we <laughs> have here. That has been our episode on COVID-19. We hope you enjoyed that. Next time, we will very much try to do something a little lighter than a horrific pandemic. Hope look forward to that. We were funny, though. Okay. <laughs> Until then, bye for now. Have fun. Goodbye. Thanks.